see this picture of Elijah. I think it was Elijah or Elisha. When, when the woman, her child had died. And he asked the woman and he says, is it okay? And her child has died. She said, it is well with my soul. And then the prophet, then he finds out that the child has died. And he goes and he lays, he lays on the child. He lays on the child. And listen, God wants to lay on some of you tonight. He wants to breathe upon some of you tonight. He wants to breathe upon some of you tonight. So just raise your hands and stop trying to receive from God. Just raise your hands and just receive from God. Let Him breathe upon you. Because some of you are trying so desperately to connect to God. Let Him connect to you. Let Him wash you. Let Him breathe upon you. Let Him touch you. Let Him touch you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, will you come and will you breathe upon your people? Some of you are going to see tonight, even as you sleep, you're going to wake up knowing it's like the presence of God just laying upon you. Laying upon you. Laying upon you. Jason, I see that with you. I'm telling you, God's going to lay upon you. He's going to lay upon you. He's going to impress something so much upon you. Breathe stuff into you. I just see that. I just see it's like there's, there's so much freshness that's going to come out of that. So much just dreams and visions. And God is going to resurrect things, cause things to live again. He's going to cause them to live again. Amen. Amen. Now, whatever you trust in God, for, I know God's going to breathe upon you. So I, I just know, and for many of you, just, just expect God. Say, God, I'm going to sleep tonight and maybe tomorrow night or the next night. God's going to come and touch you. <laughs> I'm telling you, He's going to touch you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's going to touch you. You know, uh, I remember years back, and I'm sharing the story because you need to hear it. Uh, I, I said to the Lord, I said, I'm, I'm not going to pray in tongues any longer. That's it. Done. All right. But you know, like for three days, I didn't pray in tongues. And, and then eventually... It's like Jeremiah says, he says, this, there was like a fire shut up in my bones and I couldn't keep quiet any longer. And, and I woke up in the night praying in tongues. I woke up in the night because you know what? No matter how much you try to resist God, no matter what you try to do, the Holy Spirit is with you and He will come and do that fresh work in your life. He will do that miracle in your life. He will release that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, man. Come on, let's go back to our seats. Let's thank God for His goodness tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Welcome. Welcome to you tonight. Welcome. Welcome online. Amen. You know, um, I, I know Facebook is always trying to squeeze our online. They, they always do it. They always do it because I mention things that are that are always uh, controversial. So they're always squeezing our thing with their with their computers, etc. But you know, you know, I just meet so many people, even over east, to just say, you know, thank you for being bold. I, I watch your church. We watch, and it's not just me. They 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 emboldened by this church, amen. And there are many people I, I, I meet all the time now. Speak to me from all over. Say thank you. You know. The truth is, 
let's, let's be hungry for God. Let's run after God more than ever. Amen. So, so I'm going to continue what I, I started this morning. And, um, and uh, so this morning I started part one of Dreaming with God. You can watch that. You can go to uh, YouTube or you can go to Facebook. You can watch that. But I'm just going to recap a couple of things. You know, God gives us dreams. It's the way God talks. So the, the language of the Holy Spirit is dreams and visions. Dreams and visions. But let's start with, with the scripture, Genesis 37. Because I want to get you some very practical things tonight and stir some faith in people tonight. So Genesis 37, it says, When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Uh, saying, yeah, comes the dreamer. Yeah, comes the dreamer. Yeah, comes the dreamer. You know, nobody likes a dreamer, right? Especially the devil. And especially those who don't like dreaming. Especially those who don't see a future. You know, when you tell them we have a future, when you tell them, man, I'm not bending or buckling for anything. You know, people don't like that. Christians don't like that. They say, you know what, you can do what you like. But we aren't going to buckle. We're not going to bend. We're going to believe God. Come on. And you know, people don't always like that. They really don't. And so I know we spend a lot of our time trying to get people to be happy with us. But you know, that's not going to happen. Because Joseph's brothers killed him. They, I mean, well, they, they wanted to kill him. They just said, well, let's kill him. That's it. You know, no bones about it. Let's kill him. They didn't even say, well, you know what, let's maybe uh, uh, knock him out and, and sell him. No, they said, let's kill him. And that's many times what people want to do. They want to kill your dream. That's why the Bible says, be careful who you hang out with. Hang out with people who will believe in your dream. Hang out with people who will stand with you. Amen. Don't hang out with people every time you open your mouth, they say, oh, excuse me, yes, but. No, you hang out with people who say, you know what, let's believe God, because if your dream is to touch the world, then it's God's dream. If your dream is to help other people, then it's God's dream. Amen. So somebody say amen in this place. So they say, yeah, comes the dreamer. And verse 20 says, come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we shall see what becomes of his dreams. That's just how it is in life. If you're thinking that everybody's going to whoopee-doo your dream, it's not going to happen. Whoopee-doo, we're so glad you, we're so glad that you believe in God. Oh, we're so glad you got a new car. Oh, we're so glad you got a new house. Oh, we're so glad this. We, no, that's not always the case. Because sometimes you, 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 something happens, something good happens, and then, then people say, oh, what did you do? How come God blessed you and not me? And that's often how it is. That's why you, you can never listen to those people because ultimately there are two things. That, that there's a difference between an opinion and a conviction. People, many people have opinions, but they, there's no action with that opinion. They have opinions about everything. But when push comes to shove, they don't step up. They don't step into the gap. Come on. But a conviction is, I, I believe this. I'm standing by it. This is my value. I'm believing God. I'm part of the team. We're going to do great things for God. That's a conviction. And you, you and I have to have convictions in life because a lot of people have opinions because when the pressure comes, it will show you what you have, either an opinion or a conviction. Do you really believe that God is your provider until the pressure comes? Amen? Come on. And so it's a conviction that we have, a value that we have. And nobody loves a dreamer, least of all the devil. 
And, and the reality is this, that when you, and I'm recapping from this morning, is that when you have a purpose, when you have a dream, it's the only thing that will help you overcome pain, overcome a difficulty, because the dream is bigger than your pain. A dream is bigger than your reality. A dream is bigger than your now. It's always bigger than what you are now. That's why you can never stop dreaming. And by the way, God does not put a cap on your dreams. He does not say, oh, 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 sorry, your dream's too big for me. Don't dream anymore. That's not God. Come on. You know what? Rather aim, uh, rather aim for the stars and hit the moon than aim for nothing. Because a lot of people in life want to aim for nothing. No, let's dream. Let's believe God that God can move in a nation. Let's believe God that God can bless your business. Let's believe God that God can heal you. Let's believe God for that. Let's believe God for God to turn our schools upside down the right way up. Let's believe God for that. Instead of saying, oh, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, all I know is this is that all these politicians making these things and all the teachers that are teaching our children trash in a lot of our schools, I know that God can touch them and knock them off their high horse just like God did with Paul or Saul of Tarsus. Amen. Come on, God can do that. But what are we going to do? Are we gonna, we're going to get mad or we're going to say, God, we believe you that you can do an amazing work in people's lives. That's a dream. Amen. And so we need to dream bigger. We always need to. We always need to. Genesis 11 verse 6. We, we know what, what happens, the Tower of Babel. And yet this is what God says, Genesis 11 verse 6. He says, Indeed the people are one, and they are, have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from Him. So God says, He says, If men are committed to this, what they are committed to will come to pass. Because they have one language, one mind. God knows that. Because God put that God factor in us. Now we have distorted it. Uh, uh, people that are evil have distorted that. So God knows. So they said, we're going to build up to heaven. We're going to be just like God. Right? So, so God knows that they're going to do extraordinary things. But, but, but because they're trying to be like Him, He says, okay, let me bring confusion. And that's the point here is that there's something powerful about unity. Something powerful about unity. When men and women get in unity, there's nothing that, they can, that will stop them. And that's the issue why Satan's biggest strategy within churches is to, to disrupt unity all the time. Amen. That's why I don't shut up about it. Amen. Our biggest thing the Bible says, maintain the unity of the Spirit. So if you want to shoot your mouth off about leaders, then I want to tell you who you're working for. Amen. Well, the pastor, well, excuse me. Who's your boss? I know who's my daddy. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Amen. Yes, because God understands this. The devil understands this. He understands unity. That's why in the world, whatever language people are speaking, whether they speak French, whether they are Belgian, whether they speak German, whether they are Canadian, uh, Australian, uh, Vietnamese, whatever. You know, there's one language in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> Think about it. It's all about gender inclusivity and, and rights. And now people are raging about Roe v. Wade. 
you know, there's one language in the world. It's in companies. Everywhere, pushing an agenda. One language. One language, right? It's amazing. So you think, well, no, it's happening already. And that all of that is aimed at one thing, the church, God's people, that which is godly. It's one language. But I want to tell you, God's not finished yet. Because God is wrecking confusion amongst all of that. But the church has to understand the power of unity. That's why in Acts chapter 2, what happens in Genesis 11, God scatters the the nations. But in Acts chapter 2, He brings them together. He fills them with the Holy Ghost. They get filled with the fire of God. They pray in tongues. As a result, you can read it in Acts chapter 2, that the nations come together and they say, what is this that we hear? We hear men speaking in our own language. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit is poured out. There's a drawing in. There's a unity. There's a purpose. And that purpose is for one thing. It's to reach the world. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Amen. God doesn't fill you with the Holy Ghost to be an independent uh, whatever. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) An independent. My mind was clean then. Anyway. God fills you with the Holy Ghost to do one thing, to change the world. Amen. Not to have an opinion, but to be filled with the fire of God, to have the conviction of the Holy Ghost, because the word witness in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is the Greek word martus, which means martyr. So when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, there's something about you that says we are in this together. We're going to play for the team. We're going to do things together. We're going to win our world. We're going to do things. That's the fire of God. That's what God wants. That's why He fills us with the Holy Ghost. That's vision. That's a dream. Well, I have my opinion. You can have your opinion. But let's see the results. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. So, so the world has got one language at this stage. I don't know if you know that. In these last two and a half years, there's one language that has developed. Because under this, Abortion issues, gender issues, sexuality issues, all of that. One language. Uh-huh. You can't even turn on, you can't even go to take your kids to movies anymore, Disney. Because uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear is suddenly, is suddenly kissing his friend. Right? Am I right? Whatever his name is. No, it's the guy as well. There's two of them. So that's, that's what you see. That's one language. Amen. But you know, Christians, oh, let's be all tolerant. Oh, no, it's just, excuse me. In a Muslim country, they don't even tolerate that. They cut it out. They said, thank you. This is not even here. But Christians, oh no, let's all be nice. Let's not say anything. We hurt people's feelings. Oh, really? While they come for your children and destroy your children? You see, it's one language. But we need a different language. And our language is not one of tolerance. Our language is one of love and deliverance. Our language is one of good news. Our language is one of you will find freedom in Jesus. Our language is God loves you, Jesus loves you, and you can be conformed to His image instead of the image of the world. You see, that's the language that God wants us to preach. Amen? 
it gets very quiet here. Ooh, hallelujah. I don't care if, if, if people get mad at this. Well, Pastor, what happens? Whatever. I don't know what happens. But I'm not going to keep quiet. Amen. Just not. And so, so the language of the Holy Spirit is visions and dreams. Now, I won't go there. But I'm trying to show you that there's one language in the world. That's why God is looking for His language. And that language is Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 2. He wants to fill us to win the world. He wants to fill us to make us witnesses. To be, they carry the fire of God to win a lost and dying world. That's the language. Well, somebody sat in my seat. Oh, the aircon's too hot. Oh, oh. Oh, the music's too soft. Oh, the music's too loud. I didn't like what the guy was dress, dressed in. I didn't like the color hair. Right? Come on. So you understand why there's weakness in, in churches, weakness in Christians, because they're not speaking the language of God. Amen? And I'm not saying go out there and be judgmental because that's not what our issue is because Jesus clearly says that. When the disciples say to, to Him, and, and we can look at the Scripture. Let's jump there quickly. Uh, um, Luke chapter 9, verse 53. Because yes, part of the dream of God. When you dream this dream, and when you dream God's dream, He will make sure your dream comes to pass. Luke chapter 9, verse 53 says, But they did not receive Him, because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. So it says they didn't receive Jesus. Yes, what happens. But his disciples, James and John, saw this. And they said, Lord, do you, <laughs> do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? So, yeah, the, you know, the, the disciples, like judgmental. Oh, they didn't receive Jesus. Jesus, should we command fire to come down and consume them? You know, that, that's, that, that's our... That's how none of us think, right? Let's just let the fire of God come now and just destroy everybody. That's the way God's going to sort it out. Just like Elijah did. Here's what Jesus said. But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. So our, 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 our goal is not to, to judge people and to be angry, but our goal is to show the love of Christ to lost and dying world. But at the same time, we are not just tolerant that we just allow anything into our homes, into our children's lives. We don't. Amen. We've got to teach them what a man is, what a woman is. We've got to teach them their identity in Christ. We've got to teach them who they are, that God made male and female. There's nothing wrong with that. And we should never back off from that, ever. And we should teach them that there are broken people in the world, that the system is broken and they're locked in, a, in, a, in an identity crisis. And that only the love of God in them and the power of Jesus in them can unlock that when we preach the gospel and the love of Jesus. Are you with me? Amen. And so he says, he, he turned and he, and he rebuked them and he said, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. So Jesus says, clearly, I'm not come to destroy people's lives, but to save them. Now you can get mad. We can get mad with all the politicians in the world. I'll tell you the problem is this, is they are driven by a demonic spirit. And the only people who can change that is the church. Amen. And so, so 
I won't go through all of that, but let me just let me just give you three practical components to a dream. So you have a dream, and a dream is very simple because Acts chapter two says when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that God will give you dreams and visions. Now, a, a, a vision is not like some extraterrestrial thing. You, you could be walking down the road, and God could just imprint something on your heart. That's that's like a vision. Sometimes you wake up and you just like. There's a song flowing through your mind and your heart, or there's just a picture. There's a dream God's given you. Learn, number one, learn to write that down. Too many people just disdain this because we are so used to like a drive-through, a drive-through mentality, a, a, a take-out mentality, a throwaway generation. Because we think if it's too simple, it's not God. Well, well, let me just explain to you very nicely. I hear God very clearly at the best of times, even at the worst of times. And God does not speak to me in like long paragraphs. <laughs> it's like sometimes you sit and talk to people and think, oh, God said this, like five paragraphs later. I'm thinking, oh, brother, God says like two words to me and that's it. And that's, that's that for the, end, for the whole year. That's it. Hmm? I think the, 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 the most, and I know I've had prophecies from other prophets, credible prophets, by the way, over the years. You know, the, the most God has said to me is, mobilize my army, I will make of you a great nation. Hmm? That's the longest God has spoken to me. And I knew it, it was imprinted in my spirit. That's a vision. That's like God gave me a vision. He gave me, I saw that. Or well, sometimes he'll just say to me, uh, like, uh, go plant a church in Manila. That's it, plant a church. I just bam, bam, bam in my spirit. I just know. All right. Now, I work, uh, like when God said that to me, I was sitting at a coffee table. I didn't like fall off the chair. Oh, I have a vision from God now. It was there. God can talk to you anytime. God can show you anytime. You could be driving your car. God can drop it in your spirit. You have to learn this. Because we too often discount what God is doing in our lives. God can show you like that. He tonight can show you things. Tonight, as I'm speaking, you, something can shift in your heart and an excitement can come. Right there, listen, listen to that. Write it down. So write it down, number one. Write it down. Because Habakkuk 2 says, I will stay in my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me, what I will answer when I'm corrected. And the Lord answered and said to me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Write it down. I can show you in my, my, my tablet, all right? Uh, I use Takata. So every word I have that I've had over the last uh, 20, 30 years is written there. I put it in there. It's all there. It's online. So, so Gigi Pink can read it in China, okay? Whoever wants to read it in China. They know exactly. The devil knows exactly what God has said about my life. And I want him to know. Because I'm not backing off. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Listen. Write it down. Write it down. I can tell you clearly, there are times God, I remember 2019 riding to the church, riding here, just when we were, when we opened up this building, 2019, and, and, and God showed me something clearly, and, he, and he, said, he said this to me. He said, the enemy wants to dislodge you. That's it. All right? 
so I, I, I wrote it down. I remembered it, wrote it down, because nothing was happening at the time. But actually, after that, about probably a week later, there were things that came from outside of this church, outside of Perth, that tried to dislodge me. But God had already spoken to me. He already showed me. There are times I've had dreams, on vivid dreams about people. Exactly what, what is going on and what's happening and how they will try and attack me. Now, now God showed me, God warned me, and that was not to now get angry with people, but to pray for people and to guard my own heart. Amen. Come on, are you with me? To guard my own heart. Because if you don't guard your own heart, you can get messed up. So God can show you things. It's a vision. It's a dream. You've got to write it down. Now, God many times will show me things. It's like at the end of, um, when did all this nonsense start? 2020. So at the end of 2020, God told me, He said, there's a battering ram coming against Australia. Now, I know. I, I, I saw it then already. That's all God said. And I saw a picture in the prayer meeting here. There's a battering ram coming against Australia. So what, 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 what we're experiencing now is no new thing to me. Because I've already seen it. Amen. And it's not over. That's why we have to prepare ourselves and be strong in God and get back to the Word and operate on fundamentals that, that is in the Word of God. Amen. So number one, write it down. Write down what God says. No matter how simple it is. If it's two words, write it down. Because maybe next week He gives you another two words. And then after a year, you can put a sentence together. But Agabus, the prophet, great prophet from God, I mean, Acts 20, he, he, that's it. All he says, uh, I mean, the, he's in the Bible. He, he grabs Paul's belt, he ties it around himself, and he says, the man whose belt this is, God says you're going to have trials and tribulations. That's it. Amen. But some of you want like stories. You want books from God. Amen. The, the chances of us having... An Isle of Patmos, John, the beloved John, disciple, revelation, visions and dreams is very remote. The problem is we look to that only and we forget that those who are led by the Spirit of sons of God. Amen. That God leads us, that God drops things in our heart. Amen. It's like uh, we had a gender reveal the other day. So it was uh, well, yesterday actually with Sunay. And there was a boy, right, Sunay? But I already said to Sunay about four weeks ago, it was about three weeks ago, when I looked at her, I could see a boy. That's it. I said, Sunay is going to be a boy. Okay. So anyway, I, I should have just won the prize. I don't know where's my prize. All right. <laughs> Amen. The point is this. Is that 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 sometimes you just see it and you you got to be as simplistic as it is. It's so simplistic that oftentimes we we mistrust and we misjudge the simplicity of what God shows you. Are you with me? Come on, I, I hope you're getting this. Because we want to make this so complicated, and, and most times God will show me things, and it's so simple that I just act on that, and it opens up other doors, other opportunities, other breakthroughs. That's all it does. Amen. I remember uh, in the building, that, that horrible building we were in before this, uh, uh, 
I remember I stood in that building and I said, man, I hate low ceilings, right, Brad? All right, hate low ceilings. And I knew, and I knew God said to me, you, you better get, you go look for, God said to me, go look for a building, right? Now there was nothing here. And, and, I, and, I, and I took David, we, we, I made appointments with some agents, went and looked at some buildings. But as I walked in the one building, it was down the Supreme Industrial Park here, uh, as I walked in there, as I stepped into that, it's like God just imparted the gift of faith to me, bam, like that, to believe Him for this. Now this wasn't even on the cards. This, there was just ground here. There was nothing here. It was a little shed here, Right? But God already imparted that to me. I had to go on that. I, I, I organized a deal. We'd organized a deal. And we even went and stood on the ground there. Some of you will know. Uh, went and stood on the ground there. And we prayed. And then like the next week, uh, the, the council said, no, you can't do it here. All right. We saw the council. They just refused flat out. So I said to God, what now? But I already had the faith because I already saw what God wanted to do. So, so I, I, I phoned the agent and I said, hey, man, you know what? I'm still looking. He said, you know what? I know a guy, a family. They're not Christians, but I know a guy. I'll introduce you to him. I sat with him outside here, right outside by the gate. There was a house there. There was a little shed there. And, and I said to him, Alan, uh, he said, hi, I'm Alan. I said, Alan, this is what I want to do. Five minutes. He put out his hand. He said, deal. Like that. Amen. Why? Because if you step out in what God shows you, as simple as it is, God can open up other things in your life. But if you don't step out on the simple unction and the simple prompting of the Holy Spirit, and you don't write it down, and you know this is a God thing, that's why people get scattered all over. They, they write. You, you, one day they say, oh, God told me to do this. And then three weeks later, oh, God told me to do that. Now, what, what, now is God confused now? <laughs> Amen. You know why? Because a lot of people look for the glamour. They look for the glamour in ministry. If you're looking for the glamour in ministry, then just stop now. Because no, there's no glamour in this, I promise you. There's no glamour here. Oh, I want to stand in the stage. Really? You do? <laughs> Come. <laughs> Amen. I remember, I remember one of the churches I had to deal with years back because uh, that was part of what I did. It was, uh, I was like the, the, the grim reaper for some churches. Um, sat there with because the one pastor had passed on died and I sat with the leaders and the one guy the, and I'm sitting there saying alright we're going we're gonna to believe God for a pastor yeah and uh, the one guy looks at me and says oh you know I think I should be the pastor I looked at him I said my brother I was a lot younger then anyway well not that much younger I said my brother I said if you were the pastor of this church it would be empty within two weeks. You see, a lot of people look for the glamour. But this is not glamour. This is servanthood. This is laying your life down. This is being willing to step out on an unction when you don't even know when God is there. But you know you have a simple word from God. Are, are you with me? I'm teaching you something tonight. 
And, and most times, whenever I've done something for God, uh, and, and, and I remember just shaking the hand of Alan there, all right, shaking his hand and said, deal. Hey, you know how much money we had in the bank? Zero, nothing, nothing, zero. <laughs> and I cannot tell you how many times in the night uh, for months I'm thinking, man, <laughs> I think I'm going to cancel this. And it cancel this old deal. I'm going to pull out of it. Because I had no money. There was nothing. Zero. Right? Because you know, it, it costs nothing here, right? <laughs> Amen. So, but I knew what God said. I knew what God said. At that same time, listen, and why I'm trying to, why I'm sharing this because this is important. At the same time, Pastor Art, when I was over in South Africa, that was probably 2017, because while we were still in the process of this, 2018, he said to me, Clive, we want you to come back here to South Africa because we need you. At least I know I'm in demand somewhere. Amen. But you know, I, I realized as I said, you know, we'll just pray about it, etc. I realized afterwards, I said, you know what? Because I, I, while that looked great in the natural, I knew what God said. I knew what I had to do. And, and, and that is just a very simple impression on your spirit. In the natural, it would have been better in the natural at the time to go there, to go back. Right? But if you hear God as simple as it is and He gives you a vision and a dream, it's locked in your spirit. It's the only thing that will prosper you if you walk with that. Are you with me tonight? That's why you have to commit to it. Write it down. Write it down. Say write it down. Amen. And so number one, number two. See how far we get here tonight. So, again, like I say to you, if you're looking for the glamour and the romance, it's not happening. My first year of ministry, my first year of ministry after Bible school, we, we, we ministered in an inner city church called the Upper Room with my, my wife and I. And um, I, remember, I remember walking up and down the, st- I remember walking up the stairs of the building we were in. And I remember right there and then where I was, was an, it was a, was, a, was a work of God in my spirit. It was there that God killed the romance of ministry in my life right there as a young man. I'm still a young man. Amen. Thank you, Billy. At least you recognize that. God killed the romance of that because a lot of people think it's romantic. Amen. Oh, just romantic, you know, just the pastor just glides through and he just like, the angels lift him up out of bed in the morning and, and he just knows how to pray, right? Oh, and it's just like this and oh, hallelujah, the angels are singing to him and they're playing their harp to him and it's just, no, there's no romance in this. Amen. Because that's what Paul says in Acts chapter 20. He says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. You've got to carry something in your heart. 
That's part of dreaming for God. And no matter how simple it is, because all God told me years back, it's all He said to me, that, which is the, the driving force in my spirit all the time. All God said to me, and I remember when He said it to me, I was riding the car over planting a church in another city. Um, all He said to me was this, mobilize my army, I will make of you a great nation. That's all He said. That was imprinted in my spirit. That was like a vision. That was something that God put in there. I cannot get away from it. I have many, many other words. But there's one overriding thing that drives me. That's why Paul the Apostle says, I'm not disobedient to the heavenly vision. If you don't write down what God says to you, it's very difficult. Amen? Because we change our minds. Because when it's no, no longer romantic or glamorous, you better come back to that word. Amen. Come on. Are you with me? Yes. Hallelujah. Number two is that the practical aspect of dreaming is that you have, a, you have a, an authority to change the destiny. I think I'm going to just finish with this tonight, this one. I'll continue next Sunday morning on the third point. All right. You have the authority to change destinies. So if you have a word from God or a vision or an imprint from the Holy Spirit, as simple as that, if you have that, you have an authority to change destinies. So let's, let me read this, Genesis chapter 35. It says, And God said to him, that's Jacob, which means deceiver, right? He says, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come, shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body. What a great promise. How many of you have ever received promises from God? Anyone? Only like three or four, five, six. Who's never received a promise from God? Out of the Word. You just, you read the Word. Most times God speaks me out of the Word. I read the Word and it jumps out. Bam. I have it. Right? And, and here's the point. Read the Bible until God speaks. God has never spoken to me. No, we'll read the Bible until He speaks. Amen. And so God says, nations and kings are going to come from you. Amen. Nations and kings. It's like this. I'll tell you what. It's like uh, um, uh, I was away praying and fasting. And then uh, those days we had to like, like farm telephones. That's how it was. And, 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 and my wife phoned me and said, uh, she said, I've just been for a checkup and I'm pregnant. As soon as she told me that, yes, what came out of my mouth. Because the Holy Spirit said to me, he's a boy, you will call his name David. So I said to her, I said, he's going to be a boy and his name will be called David. Right? Now, now, now some people got mad with me because I said that because I kept walking around and saying, he's a boy and his name's David. Why? Because God had a destiny. God spoke to me. I knew it. It wasn't an issue whether it was going to be a boy or a girl. Amen. But all I knew is that immediately, simplistically, God said to me in that it did not matter whether it was a boy or a girl, but I knew what God said to me simplistically. You know, maybe some of you need to understand I'm a lot more simplistic than you realize. Because if you don't operate in a very simplistic way with God, you're going to miss Him. Amen? 
Now, some people God speaks to in, in like a, a music. God speaks to me a lot in music. I love music. I wake up with songs all the time. I know it's God speaking to me. Some people God will speak with art in many different ways. But learn to understand how God speaks to you. But here's what happens. And it says, And God went up with him in the place where he had talked with him. And then they journeyed from Bethel. And there there uh, was but a little distance to Ephraim. Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had a hard labor. So his, his, his wife's like having a baby. Now it came to pass that when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you will have this son also. Uh, verse 18. So it was as her soul was departing. It's the Bible way of saying she was dying. As she was dying, for she died, she called his name Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. Here's the point. God gives Jacob a promise and says, King shall come from your body. His wife now is pregnant. She has a child. While she's having the child and giving birth, she dies. But in her last dying breath, she calls him Ben-Oni. And in that moment, as she dies, Jacob immediately changes his name to Benjamin. Because here is the point. Is the word Ben-Oni means son of my suffering. So in her last breath, her last moment, she cursed her son and called him Ben-Oni. Amen. But here's the point, is that Jacob had a promise from God. Jacob had a dream from God. Jacob knew what God had said. Jacob knew that kings were going to come from his body. Amen. He knew that there, was, there, were, there were great nations coming from his body. So immediately, because he knew what God had said, he was able to change the destiny of that young boy, his child. And immediately, instead of being called son of my suffering, change the name of that child to Benjamin, which means son of my future, son of my right hand. I want to tell you, if you ever dream from God, if you ever dream from God, listen to me, if you ever word from God, you have the power to change the destiny of your family, of your future, of your business, of your life, of those around you. Come on, you got to get this. It's part of the destiny that God gives you. That's why God speaks to you. Because when He speaks to you, He gives you the authority to deal with your future. So some of you have got a word from God and you think, oh, this is cute. No, it's not. You, you know, you know it's, no. It's the word to change your destiny. Because when the devil comes for you and, 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 and it comes against you, that word that God has given you, that dream has the power to change the destiny. You've got to get this. It's not just a nice Bible story. I've seen this my whole life. Because I've had a dream from God, because I have a word from God, because something's imprinted on my spirit, because of that, I can deal with the adversity that comes my way. And believe me, it comes my way. Amen. It's only me, not you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, yeah, is the thing. And I'm going to close up with this so the band can come up. Because I'll, I'll finish next Sunday morning with this. Sorry, I, this takes long with me, but I'd rather 
I'd rather will stimulate something in your spirit. I'm not here to give you just three points and a conclusion and you go home. I'm here to impart something to you to get this. Because if you get it, it will change you. You know, some people, because of their affliction, will curse you. They will curse your dream. They will curse your future. His own mother, because of her pain, she calls him son of my suffering while she's dying. Let me just say, you don't have to own what people say about you. Because if you own what people say about you, oh, my, my mother did this to me. Oh, my father did that to me. Oh, I was bullied at school. Oh, excuse me, are you going to own that? Or are you going to change your destiny? Are you going to say, no, hold on. That's Ben Oni. This is Benjamin. That was Ben Oni. You can name that Ben Oni. But listen, I have a destiny. I have a purpose. I have a plan. Amen. I have a dream. Now I'm going to name it Benjamin, son of my future, son of my right hand. So we're going to do that tonight. Have I always had people agree with me? You know, really not. <laughs> Amen. Really not. Amen. Who's been with me since the beginning? Yeah, Patrick, Libby, who's been with me? Yeah, can I just see? Amen. Mandy, okay. All right. So some of you will know this was not an easy journey. <laughs> Amen. It's not like you're looking for people to agree with you. All right. And then sometimes the people that are, that are still here that do agree, they think, why do I agree with this guy? Amen. But we're not looking for that. We're looking for destiny. We're not looking for pats on the back. But, we, but we're not going to allow people's opinions and what they say and how they want to curse you and tell you that you don't have a future to prevent the will of God from happening. I've had people sit in front of me here. Not here, in this church. Sit in front of me, people not from this church. Leaders and say to me, you know, South Africans, well, I used to be South African. I'm now an Aussie. You can hear that, right? Right, mate? Here, good day, mate. All right, you can hear that, right. Okay. All right. Okay, mate. Listen, I've had people sit in front of me, look me in the eyes, say, South Africans have never made it here in Perth. You know what I did? I said, excuse me, that's what you have to say. I know what God has said. You know what? Why? Because people want to tell you Ben Oni. But you have to make a decision. This is Benjamin. People want to tell you it won't work. You're going to have to say, that's Ben Oni. But listen, I'm renaming that to Benjamin. So every time somebody speaks negative about you, every time somebody tries to curse you and tell you it won't work, you're going to have to make a decision right there and then. And I'm just big enough and bold enough because, listen, either I'm going to sit there and, and suck it up and say, oh, let me be all nice. Amen. I mean, Jacob could have said, well, let me honor the memory of my dying wife and, and let his name stay Ben Oni. No. Are you going to honor and, 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 and allow the enemy to intimidate you because of what you believe and what God has said? Or are you going to stand up and say, brother, you know what? You can say that, but I know what God has said. And I'm not backing off. Amen. I'm not going to back off. I'm not going to back off. Amen. And this is real Bible. 
This is real stuff. This is not some fairy tale and like a glamorous and, 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 and been, and been uh, uh, floating away on the heavenly clouds all the time. It doesn't happen. And there are times when the presence of God is so amazing. It is glorious. It's, it's incredible. But a lot of the times that God speaks to you, know the devil is coming for you. Know that people are coming for you. Here comes that dreamer. Here comes that dreamer. Let us kill him. So if you've got a dream, if you've got something burning in your heart, don't Drop it for anybody. Don't give it up for anybody. Don't stop for anybody because God has a plan for you. You have to rename it. That's what we're going to do tonight before we close. Because I really felt they're coming here tonight. Some of you have listened to the Rachels in their dying breath. telling you you're a Benoni. But right now, you can change that. Who believes they can change their destiny? That's why Jesus said, if you say to the mountain, but you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe those things you say, you will have whatever you say. Amen. The Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it shall eat its fruit. That's why God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate on a day and night for that you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. You've got to speak the Word of God. You've got to declare the Word of God. You've got to speak to the mountain. Amen. Speak to the mountain. The mountain will move. You've got to change your destiny. Romans chapter 4 says, God who, who, who calls those things that do not exist as if they already existed. That's the way God operates. This is the faith of God, that you call those things which do not exist as if they already existed. We're going to have to call it, call it in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So we're going to do this tonight. How many of you have had a Ben-Oni moment where you've had a dream. You've had something burning in your heart. You know it's God, but somebody has said Ben-Oni to you. How many people are like that here? Many people. Right now, you can change that. And you know, sometimes it is people close to you. They will tell you. It's not going to work for you. Your marriage is not going to work. Or this is not going to work. Your business won't work. Your life won't work. You know, that's a Ben-Oni moment. That's what it is. Now, now that thing can eat at you if you don't deal with it. You know, we say the sayings, uh, uh, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never harm me. That's not true. Names will harm you if you allow it. If you don't change it, if you don't change the destiny and speak it out. So you have the authority to change the destiny. So right now, amen. So just as we worship a little bit, maybe, maybe that's you. I'm not going to call you out for prayer, but you're going to have to pray it and declare it right now. Saying, God, I've been called a Benoni. I've been called a son of my suffering. Lord, uh, uh, somebody has cursed my future, but tonight I declare that I'm a Benjamin. I have a future. I have a destiny. My dream will come to pass. My future will come to pass. My destiny will come to pass. I'm not going to back down from this, God. And right now, I break and I bind every word, every curse that has been spoken over my life. So come on, I want you to do that now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.